Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, warriors, patriots, the remnant. Thank you for tuning in, and we are going to open, as we always do, asking God for help. Uh, Father in heaven, thank you for this day that you have made. Um, Lord, you know what's going on in this world, and Jesus said, in this world we will have trouble. But thank you, Jesus that you overcame the world. Uh, You know what's going on in this country. You know the chaos, the division, not only politically and in our culture, Lord, but sadly, you know, we're divided in the church. And Father, we need your patience. We need help. We need to be able to love our brothers and sisters in Christ who we disagree with and help us to respectfully disagree and help that not break our unity when we are standing on the truth of the inerrancy of scriptures and the essentials of the faith handed down from the apostles to the church. And Lord God, we thank you for your word that we can know the truth in these days where truth has been redefined and evil is being called good. Give us your insight, Father. We pray for wisdom and discernment. And Father, help us to fight. Help us to not be afraid. We have not been given a spirit of fear. Help us to battle as warriors of the cross. We are soldiers of Christ, and we thank you um, that you encourage us to put on the armor of God and hold the line. We love you, Lord. We lift up this hour to you and this day, and we thank you for your sovereignty. We are here for such a time as this, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I'm just excited to talk about something that that a lot of people don't know much about, and that is the deep state today. We're going to discuss... Who's pulling the strings? What's going on behind the deep state? Um, Who's manipulating the markets and politics? And we're going to define it. What is it? Well, according to a Monmouth poll, 74% of people believe deep state exists, but few know how to describe it, and they few talk about it or understand exactly what it is. Alex Newman, fortunately, is here to explain and inform He is an award-winning journalist, educator, author, and consultant who seeks to glorify God in everything he does. He's an author of a a great book on education, Crimes of the Educators, How Utopians Are Using Government Schools to Destroy America's Children. Strong title, but truth nonetheless. He's an education writer, contributor over at Freedom Project Media, and I can call him a colleague, although... I'm uh, lower on the totem pole over there, (laughs) and he's an international correspondent for the New American Magazine. Alex Newman, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth, brother. Hey, thank you so much for having me, brother. It's great to be with you, and uh, I don't think you're lower on any (laughs) totem pole. In fact, I I so appreciate your work, David, and thank you so much for having me on the program. Oh, God bless you for saying that. Uh, There's a hierarchy. I know you you might not uh, know all the... The, the, the history there, but Mike Menzel, my producer, says, well, come on, wh- whatever Alex Newman wants, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, um, I saw, uh, fortunately, we've connected with Paul Blair and Dan Fisher, men of God, patriot pastors in Oklahoma, and I had the privilege of meeting them at a conference, America at the Crossroads, a 911 call to patriot pastors back, uh, wow, um, early September in Dallas, Texas. I've since had them on the podcast, and now they are in a best-of podcast of Patriot Pastors. People can get at standardforthetruth.com. But you recently spoke at their church and did a presentation on the deep state. So let's start from the beginning, Alex. How do we define deep state? Because it's really, it's got so many tentacles, and we want a clear understanding for Christians who need to be concerned about this thing that's been going on for quite some time in our government. Yeah, well, thank you again for having me on, David. The, at the superficial level, in this poll, for example, from the Monmouth University Polling Institute, uh, they simply define the deep state as a group of unelected government and military officials who are secretly trying to control national policy 
from behind the scenes, so something along those lines. And that's an adequate definition, but in, in my opinion, that's like looking at the tip of the iceberg and saying, oh, look, there's the iceberg. <laughs> you're, you're just looking at the tiny little mm. tip of it. And so when I talk about the detail, I think from a Christian perspective, the Bible is very, very clear about the existence of what I today call the deep state. I mean, the Bible defines reality in such a way to, as to show that there are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God, and then there's the kingdom of Satan. And the kingdom of Satan is something that not a lot of people want to think about, but if you read your Bible, it's very real. We're engaged in a spiritual war, and there's only these two kingdoms. You have to be part of one or the other. And when you read about the way that the enemy operates, uh, you see that he's got uh, lots of useful idiots on planet Earth. And so when I talk about the deep state, and I just released a new book on this, it's called Deep State, The Invisible Government Behind the Scenes. It was literally released about a week ago. Um, you know, I, I start by going off through all the, the human institutions. So we start with the superficial understanding, you know, the, the bureaucracy, the intelligence agencies. And, and at this point, they've come out of the closet. They brag about this. So the former head of the CIA, uh, John McLaughlin, was asked uh, during a, uh, a panel discussion by uh, the hostess, I, I can't remember her name, but she says, uh, so, you know, Donald Trump complains that there's this deep state that's out to get him and destroy his presidency and, you know, that there's shadowy people in the government working against him. Uh, what do you say about that? And, you know, I think she was expecting him to say, oh, what a dumb conspiracy theorist Trump is. There's no deep state. But what he actually said was, thank God, and I assume God with a little G, yeah, <laughs> uh, for the deep state. Um, and, and so you have the head of the CIA, former head of the CIA, thanking his fake God for the deep state because it's waging war on President Trump. Hmm. And so there is this very real element within the government, within the bureaucracy, within the CIA, and within the NSA that kind of sees itself as the, the rightful ruler of the United States and of the American people. But behind that, you have this whole constellation of shadowy organizations. Some are, are actually secret. You know, they, they don't have websites. You, you have to be invited. You have to go through secret rituals to become a part of it. Uh, things like the Bohemian Grove, things like the Skull and Bone Society at Yale, wow. which are incredibly, incredibly influential. And when you, when you see videos that people have taken of these um, you know, rituals that they're engaged in, it's very clearly satanic. Those are real? <laughs> oh, they're absolutely real. And, yeah. Um, you know, occasionally, the fake news will even report on them. So one of the things I do in my talks is, is I show video clips from the fake news because then nobody has to believe Alex Newman. Uh, you know, for Bohemian, for Bohemian Grove, I show uh, a video of uh, a guy who snuck in and took uh, camera footage of a ritual they call the cremation of care, where 2,500 of the most powerful men in the world who show up at this Bohemian Grove each year uh, they, they stand around in front of this 40-foot stone owl wearing hoods and carrying torches, and uh, they burn what they claim is an effigy of a child at the feet of this weird owl. And, you know, they chant about forest spirits and midsummer is going to set us free. I mean, it's just it's so bizarre. Right? And from, from a Christian perspective, it's quite clear what's going on here. Mm -hmm. uh, from a, a secular perspective, you know, I, I don't know what you make of that. Uh, then you've got the, uh, the skull and bones. And, you know, this should be a much more well-known secret society. We've had multiple presidents from Skull and Bones. That during the 2004 election, you got a choice between Kerry or Bush, both of whom were members of Skull and Bones. Um, ABC Fake News ran a clip that uh, somebody had snuck up onto the top of the wall of the tomb, which is their headquarters, and videotaped one of their rituals. And they're doing, uh, you know, mock human sacrifices, and they're kissing skulls, and they're shrieking like banshees. I mean, it's the weirdest thing in the world. And then you realize, you know, they, they take in 15 members every year, and yet they go on to become, you know, Supreme Court justices and presidents of the United States and senators and governors and uh, CEOs of the biggest corporations. It's, it's all quite strange. Mm. And so, you know, there, there's this whole constellation of these. I mean, we, we could go on for hours about all these organizations. And, you know, organizations that are not technically secret, you know, they, they have websites. You have the Council on Foreign Relations, very, very influential um, it doesn't matter, Republican, Democrat, until Donald Trump came along, uh, virtually every member of every cabinet going back for, you know, five or six administrations at least came straight out of the CFR, hmm. Council on Foreign Relations. Hillary Clinton uh, told them publicly, I have the video, that uh, they're the ones who tell her what she should be doing and how she should be thinking about the future. So it's, um, 
you know, all this stuff is very well documented. It's not speculation. You just you don't hear about it on the fake news because no. the fake news. They're also corporate members of the Council on Foreign Relations, and the journalists are members. So, uh, so that's kind of a, a, a brief overview. And if, if you want to get into more detail on any of those, I'm I'm happy to uh, to speak more deeply on any of those, David. Yes, absolutely. And you say it's well documented. It's not speculation. It's not conspiracy theory. But the problem is, Alex, as you and I well know, the public schools leave kids so incredibly ignorant and uninformed about our true history, what's going on in the country. And then you've got the media who doesn't tell the whole story because they are committed to the Democrat Party and they're progressives in our mainstream media complex. It's a wing, a communication arm of the Democrats. And you've got corporations and where, where are people going to get the truth? So one thing I want to go back to and clarify um, I was looking at your book over on Amazon, The Deep State, Pulling Strings from Behind the Scenes. I think that's from a year ago now. Did you update that, or is this uh, the new one, The Invisible Government Behind the Scenes? Is that a, a updated version? Is that a different book? Please explain. Uh, yeah, that brings in a little bit from um, – actually, what you're seeing on Amazon, that was a special issue we did in the New American Magazine that appeared in 2018. Okay. It's, it, it, you know, it's just one issue of the New American. We turned it into an ebook if people wanted to download it. Okay. And it does give a, kind of an overview of what the deep state is. Uh, this new book that we just released last week includes some of that, but it's also much more in-depth. It goes into uh, the way that they work. And so we have a whole chapter on how you know, deep state characters have, have taken control of education in America, and now they've used it as a weapon to brainwash our children, to turn them against their families, against God, against the Bible, against their churches, against their country. Um, we have a chapter on why they're encouraging mass migration as part of uh, you know the globalist effort to eliminate the nation state and, and rebuild kind of this monstrous Tower of Babel. Right? Mm. Uh, we've got chapters on uh, how the deep state is using communist China to wage war on freedom. And I really think communist China is the deep state's model for the world, right? It's, it's not quite communist anymore, but it's still very totalitarian. It's more of a technocracy. But I think that's the model that the deep state wants for the whole planet. And they, they actually say this pretty openly. That's the thing. You don't read about it in the media. But you have George Soros, when he got his Globalist of the Year award in Canada, he said uh, that communist China should own the new world order. He said that communist China has a better functioning government than the United States. Uh, and, and this has been a long-term pattern. I mean, David Rockefeller went over there in the early 70s, came back and wrote a piece in the New York Times about um, his exact quote. And his conclusion was that the experiment in China under Chairman Mao is one of the most important and successful in all of human history. And, you know, you, you look at that from the outside, you say, yeah, well, they, they had slaughtered about 50 million people <laughs> by that point. What kind of monster would call that a, a successful experiment? Unless right. You like to see people butchered. But... Um, yeah, so that's kind of what the book goes into, it goes into how the coronavirus is being used by the deep state to undermine our freedom, to destroy uh, the United States and our economy, uh, how they're fomenting these riots in the streets, uh, how they use environmentalism. So that's kind of uh, the, 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 the main thrust of the book. And then in my conclusion, I give people my ideas for uh, you know, what we can do about this. But, you know, I, I tell Christians, you could know virtually all of the important elements of this just by reading your Bible. You know, you don't mm. need to study all the history. You don't need to read my book. You don't need to subscribe to the New American Magazine to have a, a good idea about the contours of the deep state. The Bible is, is crystal clear on what we're dealing with. In fact, it says in Psalm uh, chapter 2, verse 2, that the kings of the earth conspire against the Lord and against his anointed one. Um, and, you know, that's been going on for a long time, okay? Uh, Satan um, actually took Jesus up to that uh, that high mountain, and he said, that, hey, all these kingdoms of the world, I'll give them all to you if you just bow down and worship me a little bit. Mm -hmm. and, and notice Jesus didn't say, hey, wait a minute, those aren't your kingdoms. Who do you think you are, right? <laughs> um, you know, Satan has a, a lot of power yep. on this planet, and the Bible actually calls him the God of this world, and, and I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around that term. Of course, Satan is not a god. He's a created being. He's a rebel. Yes. Um, and you know, there, there's no legitimate competition between him and the true god, the creator of the heavens and the earth. But, um, you know, unfortunately, we live in a fallen world, and the god of a lot of people is Satan. And, and I tell people, if you want to know, uh, you know, the, the most important element of the deep state is that the commander-in-chief of the deep state is Satan. And a lot of people in the deep state probably don't realize that. I think a lot do. Oh, it's demonic. Uh, a lot of these people have been—it is. It, yep. it, it clearly is. 
and, and a lot of, I think, well-meaning, naive people yes. have been duped into going along with this. You know, if you go to the Council on Foreign Relations, for example, I don't think these people are, are mostly Satanists. Most of them are just gullible. They, they've been blinded. They've been deceived. They, you know, they've been taught from the time they were kids. The reason we have wars is because we have nations and because of religion. And so wouldn't it just be nice, as John Lennon said, if we had no countries and no religion? You know, they naively think they're doing a good thing. Uh, and yet they, they're blinded and they're deceived. Yeah. So. so, Alex, you just raised the bar for all of us fellow authors out there by saying, you can read the Bible, you, didn't need to, you don't need to read my book. <laughs> <laughs> it's cracks. true, God reveals this to us. So. <laughs> well, let me, uh, let me clarify. So where, what's the best uh, website or the link where we can get the new version, the new book, Deep State, The Invisible Government Behind the Scenes? Uh, that will be going up on Amazon, uh, hopefully within a week or two. Uh, it is also available right now on shopjbs.com. Got it. And if people want to get it directly from me, you can go to my website. It's libertysentinel.org. Uh, just shoot me an email, and uh, I can get a copy in the mail for you. Libertysentinel.org. Okay, before we take a break, we've got like three and a half minutes roughly. Um, in your presentation, one of your presentations, this one was on the deep state a month or so ago, less than a month ago, under defining the deep state, there was what you had up as a Higgins memo talking about cultural Marxism. And can you talk a little bit about that before we move on? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be very happy to. And, and that's one of the things that makes me so excited about the Trump administration is that this kind of information is now reaching uh, the very pinnacle of government power in the United States. So Rich Higgins, he was the director of policy and planning at the National Security Council, uh, a very you know, knowledgeable and, and astute young man, and he wrote this brilliant memo, and it was seen by the president, as I understand it, and the president was very pleased with it. Hmm. H.R. McMaster, his globalist boss, was not so pleased. In fact, he fired Rich. But um, in the memo, Rich talks about the deep state, and he says that the deep state is this you know, giant network, and they're using uh, this coalition between Islamists and Marxists and socialists and, and all sorts of radicals to try to wage total war, not just on the Trump administration. He points out in this memo that their ultimate objective is actually to destroy the United States of America completely, uh, not just as a nation, but even as an ideal, right? That even the, the basic premises that America was founded on, that all men are created equal, that all men are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, uh, this needs to go. And I think Rich Higgins put it very well, very succinctly. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think everybody, if you haven't read this memo, go online, go to DuckDuckGo.com. Uh, I've got it posted on my website. Just, just search for uh, Higgins Memo, and uh, you'll see tremendous amounts of insight. He talks about how the deep state is waging the functional equivalent of a Maoist insurgency against the Trump administration and against the American people. And, you know, Sun Tzu used to say, if you don't know, your enemy, and you don't know yourself, you're going to lose every battle. But if you do know yourself and you do know your enemy, you can win every battle. So I think it's, it's important for people who love the Lord, for people who love America, for people who love uh, the principles that America was founded on, to understand not just our own history and who we are as a nation, but also the enemy, the deep state. And Higgins' memo is a very good place to start for people who want really good analysis. I mean, this, this man has clearly been investigating this for many, many years, and he's got a very solid grasp of it. And he, he talks about the deep state. They kind of want to be, uh, as he puts it, um, quoting uh, Hegel, God bestriding the earth, like God with a little g. They want the state to be absolutely and totally in control of everything. And of course, that's unbiblical, that's monstrous, and we've seen what it leads to everywhere. It leads to mass death, torture, starvation, mm -hmm. uh, you know, things that, uh, that we should not even consider here in America. Right, and Rich Higgins has a book on that mem memo, correct? And is this memo from 2017? Yes, Okay. Exactly. Uh, do you trust this website? I just pulled it up, I just searched it, uh, and it came up, foreignpolicy.com. It says, here's the memo that blew up the NSC. Uh, would you trust that site? Well, Foreign Policy is a globalist, uh, very untrustworthy website, okay, but they, they are one of the people who reprinted it. So, I mean, if they published the whole Higgins memo there, and I think they did, the Atlantic did as well, you can read it there. I mean, it's the same memo. And they kind of hold it up as an example of, look how ridiculous the Trump administration is filled with kooks and conspiracy theorists. Uh, I recommend that people read the memo for themselves and then decide what they think. And, and there's also another one at the Washington Compost uh, opinion. It says, <laughs> this this NSC ex-staffer's memo is crazy. And so that's the Washington Compost. 
But anyway, uh, we're with Alex Newman. So much more to talk about regarding the deep state. Uh, we're talking about the uh, election coming up, what's going on in our government, whatever happened to Lois Lerner. We'll talk about the CFR a little more. Keep it right here with Alex Newman, Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Alex Newman. And you can get more info on him, LibertySentinel.org. And, of course, The New American, uh, Freedom Project Media, which is freedomproject.com. And I'm looking at the books page over at Liberty Sentinel. And, man, I, I didn't even get to see the one, Comrade Obama Unmasked. You're going to have to add that to my collection. But uh, his new book, The Deep State, I, th- I really encourage you guys, The Invisible Government Behind the Scenes. Before we get back into that, Alex, um, we've got an election coming up exactly two weeks from today. Um, I was going to ask you at some point in this interview anyway, so now's a good time to do it. What's your take, first of all? The enthusiasm gap seems to be so stark. I see tens of thousands of people actively going to these rallies for President Trump. I see dozens, maybe hundreds, maybe, maybe, going to see Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. The enthusiasm doesn't seem to be there. And then you've got the mail-in ballots and this chaos that seems to be, uh, well, it could be created. So do you think, first of all, do you think we'll know the election results on the night of November 3rd? And what's your take on these polls, again, just like four years ago, saying Biden is leading in most of them? Just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, the the polls are absolutely preposterous. I think this is yet another effort to gaslight the American people, just like they did in 2016. Uh, When you actually dig down into the polls, you see how ludicrous they are, right? They're massively oversampling Democrats in their polls, which which really should be quite the opposite. I mean, the level of enthusiasm, as you just pointed out, among the Democrats is almost non-existent. I mean, Biden shows up and has a right. It's just like with Hillary Clinton, right? They maybe have two dozen people there. Half of them are staffers. (laughs) What? Uh, and, you know, Trump shows up and they pack these stadiums to capacity with 80,000 people and they got tens of thousands more waiting outside. It's not even a contest. And I've been all through this country just in the last few months. Yeah, I drove up the whole East Coast, even in the, even through a bunch of blue states. Just got back from Missouri. Before that, I spent uh, a week and a half in Oklahoma. Before that, or right after that, I was in Georgia. Everywhere I go, this country is covered from sea to shining sea in Trump flags, yeah. Trump signs, and every state you drive through, there's Trump pickup trucks driving around, flying Trump flags. I haven't seen one Biden pickup truck so far. I must have seen 300 or 400 Trump pickup trucks. Well, that's like saying, uh, that's like, Alex, that's like saying you haven't seen a Joe Biden sticker on a gun. Uh, you know, I, I, haven't <laughs> see, I, haven't, I haven't seen one Biden pickup truck. Um, well, yeah. well it's, it's interesting. And here, I want to have you continue, but I want to interject this, that so many people that I talk to do not even want to put a bumper sticker on their car or a sign in the yard because of the threat of vandalism. They don't want idiots and minions to vandalize, to steal their stuff, vandalize their car or their property. So, so many more are out there that uh, are probably like uh, the, the silent majority supporting President Trump. But go ahead and continue your thoughts on the polls and the support that we're seeing. It just doesn't add up. Now, you're, you're exactly right. And actually, I talked to a guy uh, not too long ago, probably a couple weeks ago, and he told me, you know, the reason I don't have a Trump sign in my yard, I, I'm just doing it for their benefit because, you know, I've had a very, very bad week. If they show up in my lawn and try to take my sign or throw a brick through my window, I'll shoot them. <laughs> so it's for their benefit that I don't have a Trump sign in my yard. And you know, I, I think there's, there's millions of people across America who feel the same way. You know, they, they, they see the fake media. They don't want to antagonize their neighbors. They don't want to brick through the window. They don't want somebody to key their car. But I think the support for Trump is absolutely off the charts. Uh, you know, you see these these boat rallies for Trump, you know, hundreds and hundreds of boats flying, you know, yes. five Trump flags each. Uh, where are the boat rallies for Biden? Yeah. There are none, okay? And, and huh. we saw the same thing in 2016. Uh, the Huffington Compost told us it was a 98% certainty that Biden was going to win the election. Uh, the wow. New York Times, I think they had it at like 80-some percent, 82% maybe. Um, and, and, of course, they were all wrong. And I think the establishment is counting on massive amounts of vote fraud. They were in 2016, too. I think they just underestimated the tsunami of support that Donald Trump had. 
And, you know, I think we're seeing the same thing this time. I mm-hmm. think the polls are rigged. I think it's very clearly. These people are planning massive levels of election fraud. But ultimately, I don't think it's going to be enough. I think the, the support for Donald Trump is too huge. And, you know, I, I say this as somebody who thinks Trump has done a great job. He's on the money right on a few things. But I have some very serious disagreements with him. Um, and yet still, I, you know, just from an objective perspective, I think the, the level of support for President Trump is off the charts. It's like nothing I've ever seen in my lifetime. And, um, and you know, I think in a fair election, it would just be such a landslide. It would be, you know, another Ronald Reagan-type victory, right, where you, where you take almost all the states. Uh, I think really that's what we're facing. Even in California and Illinois, you know, the, you see the support for Trump is just huge. I think the only ones who are still enamored with Biden, if you can even use that term here, uh, is the people who are just glued to the fake media and really don't have much interaction with the outside world. They don't have access to, to reliable information. You know, it's the people who are just kind of stuck in their basement watching CNN because they're worried about coronavirus, and all they hear is ad nauseum, you know, endless lies about the president and so on. So I, I think Trump is going to win. I think if it was a fair election, he would win in a, in a historic landslide. Uh, but I do think as well, and, and I've been warning about this for months now, uh, the deep state is not simply just going to tolerate Donald Trump waltzing right back into the White House with massive popular uh-huh. support. They are already planning a coup d'etat. They've been planning it for months. Uh, we've written about this in The New American. It's literally the same people who've run these color revolutions in Eastern Europe and Northern Africa and the Middle East. Uh, they, they, they wrote the manuals on this, and now we see them doing it in the United States. So I'm very concerned about the elements of the military. You know, Obama cleaned out uh, some of our best and most capable and most patriotic and most God-fearing and Constitution-supporting officers, uh, replaced them with a bunch of uh, political yes-men, uh, most of whom have no business being in the upper ranks of the U.S. military. Right. Uh, and, and even Mark Esper, who Donald Trump put there, I have big concerns about Esper. He's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, he's already publicly rebuked his commander-in-chief over talk of uh, invoking the Insurrection Act. We've invoked the Insurrection Act 22 times, and yet we've never had something like what we're facing right now in this country. Not only is it appropriate to invoke the Insurrection Act when you have revolutionaries in the street taking over parts of cities, yes. shooting people and burning buildings, uh, it's not just appropriate, it should be considered necessary if the state government or the local government won't take action to defend lives and property. So we have a very serious problem here. Mm-hmm. We have former officers, uh, including these two lieutenant colonels who wrote this letter to uh, General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, suggesting to him that he was going to have to give an order to have Trump escorted out of the White House by the military. Uh, These people are playing for all the marbles, and we would be naive not to realize that. Alex, I agree with uh, everything you said, but I want to focus on a few words. You said, in a fair election. Uh, there's no doubt the enthusiasm is so lopsided in Trump's favor. There's no doubt the public support. There's no doubt that most people appreciate his policies, even, you know, especially B.C., before corona. Um, but in a fair election, the mail-in ballots, the all this, push, I've never seen such a concentrated effort in advertisements, in things we get in the snail mail, in on my social media, Television commercials trying to get young or uninformed people to, to vote, just register to vote. If you're not registered by now, by the way. Um, <laughs> anyway, what are your thoughts on this? What could happen? Because they're trying massively to get anyone and their brother who knows nothing about what's really going on, about politics, about the party platforms, about policies. They only know orange man bad, Trump's uh, whatever, offensive. What are your thoughts on that and this mail-in chaos that we could see. Yeah, I, I think the reason they pursued the mail-in voting is because they know that's their easiest way to perpetrate massive fraud. To cheat. And they're, they're right. grooming the public to accept this already. Right? They, all the fake media is now telling us, oh, yeah, it's going to look like a landslide for Trump on Election Day, but don't worry. We've got lots of mail-in ballots, so we're going to be counting them and counting them and wow. counting them until we finally count enough for Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, and what they really mean is they're going to be manufacturing them yep. until they finally come up with, uh, for enough, with enough for Joe Biden to win. Uh, we saw that in Florida. During the last uh, election, you had down in Broward County, and we saw the same thing in Alabama against Judge Roy Moore. They just keep finding more and more ballots after it looks like a landslide for the Republican until they can finally say, okay, yeah, we got enough to to get the Democrat elected. They're planning to do that again. Uh, The levels of fraud are off the charts. 
They know that they won't be prosecuted in one-party rule states like California, like Illinois, like New York. So they are planning to stuff the ballot boxes like nothing we've ever Jeez. seen before. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm very concerned about the uh, the technology that's in use in a lot of these states, too. You know, these, these voter machines that count the votes. Uh, in some states, you even have voter machines that you vote on. Mm-hmm. Um, these are so easy to rig. We've got testimony from here in Florida of a guy testifying under oath in our state legislature saying, I was paid to write the computer code to rig the election, and I did it. Okay, And then this was years ago, but uh, it's very, very simple to try to do these types of things. So, uh, you know, I think what we're facing here is an effort to steal this election. And if that fails, you know, the, the Transition Integrity Project, this is a shadowy outfit. They call it bipartisan, which is absolutely huh. ludicrous. It's a bunch of Democrat hacks with a couple of rhinos like uh, Bill Crystal. You know, the, the washed-up uh, neoconservative who ran the bankrupt magazine, uh, Weekly Standard, to kind of give some cover there. But they have wargamed this whole thing and all the different scenarios they think are plausible. They came up with four. Surprise, there's no scenario in which Trump just wins and walks back into the White House. Uh, but they talk about you know the military getting involved. They talk about in the one scenario where Trump actually does win in the Electoral College, they make clear that they're not just going to let him walk back into the White House. They are going to have street riots and protests. They're going to demand all these concessions. They're going to demand that we get rid of the Electoral College. They're going to demand that uh, Puerto Rico be made into a state. They're going to demand that Washington, D.C. be made into a state so that they can have uh, four more Democrat senators. So you know, these people have big plans. We are in the midst of a communist revolution, very similar to the one we saw in Russia uh, over 100 years ago, very similar to the one we saw in Cuba 60 years ago. And uh, the goals are exactly the same. They intend to destroy our nation, enslave our people, and uh, and merge us into this global system. So we need to be on guard. And uh, I think Trump understands a lot of this, but uh, he can't do it all on his own. So the American people need to be on guard. Yes, and I hope if you're listening right now and feeling a little disheartened by what you're hearing, I hope you do understand that Alex Newman is not exaggerating this for effect, for good radio. It, it's This is really happening, friends. There are some serious, serious threats. Um, I'm looking at contributions, Alex, to political parties, and it's just astounding to me. We did a podcast a few days ago about the amount of money. 95% of contributions from the big tech firms went to Joe Biden. This is employees of these companies, uh, you know, Facebook, uh, Alphabet, Twitter, Google, over 95% of contributions by these employees of all these big, major influential big tech firms went to Joe Biden. There is a digital civil war, meaning a media and big tech, they're not only supporting with their money the Democrat Party, but they are also suppressing news, whether that be the mainstream media or that be on social media. And you talked about in your deep state presentation, um, you mentioned contributions to the deep state, people like Hillary Clinton. Um, You can start with the media censoring news, for example, the Hunter Biden story. You can talk about the social media um, really being, you know, an arm of the left, it seems. Um, uh, What do you know and what's your take on that, Alex? Yeah, the the media needs to be understood as what it is. It is not a legitimate uh, free press anymore, and it hasn't been for a long time. In fact, over 100 years ago, uh, the people who then made up the deep state got together and they had a secret meeting. This is all well documented. And they, they talked about how do we control the policy of the press generally in the United States. And they figured out that they could accomplish that by simply purchasing 25 of the most powerful and prestigious newspapers in the country. And that is what they proceeded to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, they've consolidated the media into ever smaller uh, number of hands. And, you know, people think, well, at least Fox News will tell me the truth. At least Wall Street Journal will tell me the truth. Eh, sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes they will. But uh, you need to recognize News Corporation, which owns both Fox and the Wall Street Journal, is a corporate member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Oh, boy. Okay. And it is. And, and you know, I, I consider these even more dangerous than the fake media a lot of times because conservatives think they're getting the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, when really they're getting enough truth to uh, to keep them buying into it, but not enough truth to fully understand what's going on. So, you know, there's some really good guys on Fox, and I don't want to sound like I'm down on Fox. Tucker Carlson, for example, is phenomenal. Hannity does uh, good work very often. 
but you're really not getting the full story. And I think the, the most important clip, and I've started showing this in my, in my recent presentations, the most important clip revealing what's really going on with the media. I've got the video. You can find it on YouTube. If someone can't find it, I'll send it to you. Walter Cronkite. Uh, he is at the World Federalist Association, and he's receiving an award. And, you know, for, for people who are a little bit younger, Walter Cronkite was basically America's newsman, right? He was the newsman for the country. Everybody knew Walter Cronkite. There's really no modern-day equivalent for him because the country's now much more divided. But he was like America's newsman. And so he's sitting there. He's getting his um, his uh, World Federalist Association Award for being the best at pushing for global government. <laughs> and he says, uh, you know, this guy Pat Robinson, uh, Pat Robertson, this you know right-wing extremist, he complained that uh, any effort to build a world government before the return of Jesus Christ would be uh, would be run by Satan. And uh, and then he goes on to say, Walter Cronkite, he says, uh, well, if that's the case, well, I am proud to sit at the right hand of Satan. Uh, and then Hillary Clinton comes on on a video clip. Um, congratulating him for receiving his World Federalist Award. And she says, oh, it's so great, uh, Walter, that, uh, that you're winning this award. And, you know, for, for decades, it wasn't the news until Walter Cronkite told us it was the news. Okay, so, so a guy who's proud to sit at the right hand of Satan gets to decide what is news and when it's news. Sorry, but that tells you everything you need to know. Um, this is a, a very, very dangerous media environment. There, there are still a lot of good publications. In fact, I, I write for a lot of them, and that's why I write for them, because I consider them good. Uh, the New American Magazine, the Epic Times, the Freedom Project. Um, there's a lot of good conservative or truth-telling publications out there. But as far as the mainstream media goes, it's mostly uh, a propaganda machine to deceive and confuse the American people. Wow, there's so much. Um, we're down to a minute, I think. So I, I won't ask you the next question. But one thing we'll pick up with when we come back, um, several years ago, Lois Lerner used the IRS to target Christians and conservatives and nonprofits, and nothing ever happened. This is one of the frustrating things with most fair-minded people, Christians, conservatives, Republicans, independents, even some Democrats uh, that want it to be fair, that nobody gets prosecuted. There aren't any repercussions. Where's the accountability? That's one thing that I would like for you to weigh in on, Alex, when we come back. And also, you shared something about the intelligence community and the number of people with top security clearance is astounding. I want to get your take on that. Plus, you mentioned CFR several times. I think we need to touch on the Council of Foreign Relations and what that is, what, why that's such a uh, bad thing and how it's gotten corrupted. So, so much to talk about with Alex Newman. When we come back on Stand Up For The Truth, keep it right here, friends. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Alex Newman, and we want to direct you to a couple of his recent uh, either articles or videos or presentations. One over at the Liberty Sentinel. It's what does God say about government? A lot. And over at freedomproject.com, school uh, says individualism and objectivity are white supremacy. That's a recent article. And uh, I believe you did a little video with Dr. Duke, Dr. Duke Pesta. But Alex, we're talking about Lois Lerner. And one of the things I want to ask you is most of us, I think most concerned Americans, fair-minded, um, we want to hold people accountable when there's corruption or when they break the laws. But that doesn't happen when it comes to elites, people in power, especially liberal Democrats. Who holds anyone accountable when there's corruption? So let's talk about Lois Lerner, who actually used the IRS under the Obama administration to discriminate against Christians, conservatives, and actually persecute them. Could you please share what you know about that and why nothing ever came of that? Yeah, so Lois Lerner was a member of the Senior Executive Service. This is uh, basically the elite core of bureaucrats who runs the bureaucracy. And um, she, of course, weaponized the IRS to target political enemies of the Obama regime, conservatives, Tea Party groups, Christians, and so on. Everybody knows it. She pleaded the Fifth Amendment in Congress. So she is a criminal. She is a right. criminal yes. under federal law. And when I say criminal, I mean somebody who belongs in prison. Mm -hmm. And yet she's walking around free, just like all the rest of them. Okay, look who got busted and put in jail instead. 
um, people like General Michael Flynn, right? The deep state threatened him and threatened to prosecute his son if he wouldn't plead guilty to phony charges that they manufactured. Why? Because as Trump's national security advisor, he would have exposed so much corruption. He would have taken back control of the National Security Council, of the intelligence communities. He wanted to launch an investigation of the intelligence communities. They had to destroy him. Who else? Roger Stone. Uh, and I know Roger Stone. I've, I've done multiple interviews with him. I've been to his house. I've been to his studio. You know, He's got some interesting stuff uh, there, but you know certainly he he didn't deserve to be convicted and thrown in prison, and yet the deep state got him convicted. And if it had not been for Trump's intervention, he would still be sitting in prison right now. Mm. Uh, Paul Manafort, right, who who helped Trump get elected as his campaign chairman, uh, you know, charged with some tax issues from like six or eight years ago, things that no other person would have been charged with. And this is how the deep state works. Mm. You've got all the conspirators who tried to take down the president, they're still running around free. Yes. Fact, they're, they're working at lucrative jobs. Lisa Page, Peter Stork, uh, Comey, right? Yep. Uh, all of these guys, John Brennan, right? These guys are, were openly waging a war against the elected president of the United States. They were conspiring using illegal means to destroy him. We've got a memo, speaking of which, uh, from Syria. This is from the, the, the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency. It was produced in 2012. Judicial Watch pried it loose in 2016. Smoking gun evidence, David, that the highest levels of the Obama administration were knowingly supporting al-Qaeda, a designated terrorist group. Right. Go read this memo for yourself. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump talked about it on the campaign trail. This memo, in, in clear language, said... The revolution in Syria is being led by al-Qaeda and the Muslim Brotherhood. And yet it also said we, the Obama administration, the British, the French, the, the Sunni Arab dictators on the Arabian Peninsula, and the Turks are supporting this revolution, which, again, was led by al-Qaeda. Right, we've supposedly been in a war with al-Qaeda for who knows how many years, now 18 years. Uh, we've spent a trillion dollars and many, many thousands of American lives in this war. And yet we have smoking gun evidence that the Obama administration had partnered with this terrorist organization. Yes. If that's not treason, supporting the enemy in a time of war, I don't know what is. And then it gets even crazier, David. In the same memo, they say that the powers supporting the opposition, which they had already said was the Obama administration and others, wanted to create, they said, an Islamist principality, a Salafist principality in eastern Syria. Well, they got their wish. It's called ISIS, right? We called it ISIS. And uh, President Trump knew all this. He talked about this on the campaign trail. Yes, he did. When you have smoking gun evidence, and Hillary Clinton read this memo, okay? she knew all of this. Mm -hmm. When you have the highest levels of the government openly and knowingly cooperating with a terrorist organization, by the way, a terrorist organization that has murdered and enslaved and beheaded and crucified thousands of innocent Christians across Syria, somebody needs to go to jail. Yes. Okay? Somebody needs to go to jail. And yet all these criminals are running around still waging war on our country, still trying to overthrow our elected president. Uh, it, it's unconscionable, but that's the reality, David. Well, it sounds like we, we most of us believe we're still living in a free society, but what you're describing sounds like it's more like North Korea or China when there's no accountability for the higher-ups, and they're just it, it's just amazing some of the things you're, you're describing, which I believe, and I know it's true. You mentioned in your presentation about you know Hillary Clinton's connections and President Trump called her out, but no matter what he says, people aren't going to believe it, or at least the media won't report on it. But uh, let's go back to the Council on Foreign Relations, because you mentioned that several times, and I want to make sure people are clear on why this is a problem. Sure, I am very happy to talk about this group. and I hope people who aren't familiar with the Council on Foreign Relations will dig into it. In fact, in the back of um, my new book, Deep State, The Invisible Government Behind the Scenes, we have a list of all the current members of the Council on Foreign Relations. Mm. So this organization was formed after the U.S. Senate almost unanimously voted against participating in the League of Nations after World War I. Uh, the globalists decided, hey, you know, that, that's not okay. The Americans can't not participate. How are we going to build a world government if the United States doesn't participate? So they set up the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, I have a book. I'm actually looking at it right now. It's called Tragedy and Hope by a history professor from Georgetown University called Carol Quigley. Uh, this was Bill Clinton's mentor, mm. and he's very proud of his involvement with the Deep State. He actually says in his book, hey, I've been close to them for decades. Yeah. I'm like kind of a member. They let me see their secret documents for a few years. So he knew where all the bodies were buried. And then he says in his book, 
you know, my chief difference of opinion, he says, I agree with them. My chief difference of opinion is that these people want to be secret, and, and I think they should be known. So I'm writing this book. <laughs> uh, and in the book, he says the goal is a one-world government uh, with a, a global financial system that they control through the central banks of the world. He said it would be modeled on feudalism. And, and I mean, he, he just lays this all out openly as if it's a good idea. And he traces the origins back. I think it goes back much earlier, but he traces the origins back to Cecil Rhodes, the uh, Rothschild-backed uh, mining magnate from South Africa who waged war on the Boer Republics down there, uh, the uh, South African Republic and uh, the, the Orange Free State. So this guy made massive amounts of money, and then he set up a secret society before he died called the Roundtable Groups. And in his book, Carol Quigley says the Council on Foreign Relations is the headquarters of this international network in the United States. Now, they have about 5,000 members at any given time, and what you'll notice is that the leadership of both – until Donald Trump came along, the leadership of both parties is always involved with the Council on Foreign Relations. Um, Dick Cheney, the vice president, I've got a video of him bragging that he used to be a director, but he would never tell the dumb voters back in Wyoming uh, when he was campaigning for election. You've got multiple Republican presidents. You've got multiple Democrat presidents. You've got uh, you know, almost everybody from the cabinets of, of uh, administrations going back you know, 50, 60, 70 years. Uh, it's just, and it's in your face. And these people are essentially the ruling class of America. Now, I, I mentioned earlier, a lot of them are useful idiots. A lot of them are deceived. They, they truly believe that surrendering our sovereignty to an all-powerful world government would be a good thing. But um, that is what they're working for. And I, I've got another book in front of me here, David. It's called Kissinger on the Couch. <laughs> this was written by um, a gentleman who spent 16 years in the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, his name was Admiral Chester Ward. He was a U.S. admiral with the Navy. And he joined, and he was a member for 16 years, and then he defected. And uh, he wrote this book with my late friend Billy Schlafly, exposing everything he knew. I encourage people to get a copy. It's very, very good. It's very, very important. What he says is this is basically an organization that is fanatically dedicated to dismantling U.S. sovereignty and merging us into an all-powerful one-world government. And the money quote, I think, for the current administration, he says there's no term of revulsion that these people hate more than – Drum roll, please. America first. Mm. And that's why they hate the president. These people are globalists to the core. They hate the system of government that our founders bequeathed to us. And you, you mentioned uh, North Korea and things. Uh, you know, I, I think these people would very much love to run the United States like they run uh, China and other uh, dictatorships. They can't right now because we have enough checks and balances built into our system. We've got our local police departments. We've got our local sheriffs. We've got our state governments uh, that would interpose. We've got good members of Congress that are working to fight this. We've still got at least a handful of honest people in the courts. So they don't have free reign yet. But if you look, every move these people make is calculated toward expanding their power, looting the American people, and building what they so frequently describe in public as the new world order. That's their term, not mine. If you mm -hmm. don't like the term, take it up with George H.W. Bush or Bill Clinton or Sleepy Joe Biden, because uh, that's the term they use. Yep. But you know, we need to be realistic and recognize what's going on. Putting our head in the sand like an ostrich is not going to do anything for anyone except get you bit in the butt. So. I have, we've heard these in videos, we've heard out of their own mouths, talk about these things and, and talk about... Um, uh, we, we're, I wish we had more time with you, Alex. We've got three minutes, and I do want to just ask you, one of the questions that I had was about the massive amount of people within the intelligence community that have top security clearance. How could this be? You, did you say or did you hear it's, it's approaching a million people or somewhere in that ballpark? How could that be? It's over a million people. Oh, my goodness. So we've got this monstrous so-called intelligence community. And, you know, I always start off with the preface and the caveat that there are some really good people working there. I know people who work in the CIA. I know people who work in the NSA and who have worked there. There are some good people there who are patriots, who love God, who love our country, who support the Constitution. Unfortunately, the leadership at the highest levels is corrupted. And under the guise of keeping us safe, they have built up, a, as, as William Buckley advocated, a totalitarian bureaucracy within our shores. There's virtually no accountability, no controls, um, and, and it's absolutely filled to the brim with communists. And, and they know this. They've, they've worked on this deliberately. John Brennan, who ended up in charge of the CIA, admitted he voted for the Communist Party candidate in 1978, and then the CIA gave him a security clearance two years later. Wow. Uh, we had, uh, can you imagine? Yeah, can you no, imagine? Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, you almost no. You had the purpose of these agencies was supposed to be at that time to keep us safe from communists, and yet here they are handing out security clearances like candy to known confessed communists. And he's far from the only one. Leon Panetta, who also ended up running the CIA, another communist. This this guy voted uh, to hand over the Panama Canal to a Marxist dictatorship. He voted for most favored nation status for the Soviet Union. He was affiliated with the Marxist Institute for Policy Studies, a Soviet front group in Washington. I mean, how much more of a security risk can you be? And yet the, the entire justification for all this idiocy was keeping us safe from communists. Anybody who believes that, unfortunately, uh, you know, I've got some really nice uh, beachfront property in Kansas. We can talk after the program. Uh, you know, wake up, folks. We are being deceived here. You know, we do need a national security apparatus. We do need uh, intelligence agencies to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as I just explained also with ISIS and the support for al-Qaeda, the intelligence communities have done far more to undermine our security than they have to protect us. And I think at this point that should be an established fact. I'm reading a, a quick article here, just a quote from about that memo that we talked about earlier from Higgins and he said we are fighting and I, I I'm not exaggerating that that word either when he says we are fighting for this country's future as well as her past and uh, he, he said we still have to take that beach referring to Omaha Beach uh, and the very same principles are at stake today and we are fighting Alex this is a war we know our struggle is not against flesh and blood as Christians but we're seeing this the demonic realm being played out and expressed in the natural here in the political divide in the government in the deep state and i just want to thank you for all the research that it's taken you to get some of this information to people across the country i appreciate all that you do we thank you for coming on brother god bless you and thanks for your time thank you brother god bless you as well all right uh when we come back we'll let you know our guests the rest of this week on stand up for the truth thank you so very much keep it right here Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. All right, tomorrow you will hear from Patriot Pastor, I love this man of God, wish there were more like him, Paul Blair from Edmond, Oklahoma, and so much, he's involved in so many ministries, libertypastors.com, if you want to hear some of these great men of God and their presentations and sermons. Um, And then let's see, Laura Perry, we'll touch base with her on Thursday about the brand new movie put on by the American Family Association, In His Image. We're made in his image. Laura, of course, is a former transgender. And then young pastor Eric Jackson, he'll be in studio on Friday. Uh, Thank you guys so very much for your support. Our fundraiser is one week from today. We're going to be doing a three-day fundraiser. We call it Q-Drive because the radio station that hosts Stand Up For The Truth is Q90FM. So thank you for your prayers for this ministry against the warfare. Thank you for your support. You can pledge and donate by going to Q90FM.com. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.